Hey there, Sooners Nation. Welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast. On today's episode, we've got a lot to talk about. A big win for the Oklahoma Sooners in comeback fashion over the Texas Longhorns. Got to talk about this quarterback situation and what do we make of a defense that gave up 38 points in the first half and just 10 in the second half. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooners Nation. Welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners podcast. You can also read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at the Sooners Wire at usatoday.com. And man, what a great game. Now, if you're an Oklahoma fan, for much of this game, it was not a great game to watch. It, you did not enjoy this very much at all. If you're a Texas fan, you enjoyed a lot of it. And then probably in the second half, you started getting a lot more nervous about how this game was playing out, but ultimately ended with an Oklahoma 55 to 48 win. And who would have thought that this year's game could have exceeded the drama and chaos that last year's game provided just another all time classic uh, in the red river showdown between these two teams. And it's one of the great things about this game is that, Every year it provides something unexpected. Every year it provides drama. And it was just another fantastic football game. Gave all the SEC fans a bit of a treat. Uh, Gave them a little bit of something to look forward to as Oklahoma and Texas join the SEC in the next few years, bringing one of the best rivalries, the best atmospheres in college football to the SEC. That's going to be a blast. But this one, man, it it was great to see a capacity stadium back in the cotton bowl. And even from the broadcast, you could feel the energy at play in this game. You could hear the roar of the crowd with each and every big play that was made. I mean, from the jump, the Texas Longhorns jump out to a seven, nothing lead after Xavier worthy catches the bubble screen and breaks a few tackles, terrible tackling by the Oklahoma Sooners yet again, terrible angles as well. And he's just gone, man. That guy's got some crazy speed. And there must be something about the way that Alabama and now Steve Sarkeesian with Texas recruits and that they just go get guys with speed. We saw it at Alabama with Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith and Henry Ruggs. And now it looks like Xavier Worthy is just going to be one of those guys because that guy is incredible. But this is one of those games, man. So let's break it down. Oklahoma gives up the first touchdown, 7 nothing. They go to punt. After three plays, a three and out that nests them six yard minus six yards, and Michael Turk's punt gets blocked. Texas recovers on the two yard line. They punch it in two plays later. Fourteen nothing right out of the gate. We're not even three minutes into this game yet. Absolutely ridiculous. Actually, not even two minutes into the game yet. Absolutely incredible start for the Texas Longhorns. You couldn't have written it up any better. Now Oklahoma responds, goes on a 10 play 75 yard drive that covers 353 in the game. It's 14 to seven now. And you're like, okay, 
getting a little bit of momentum going. That's that you get on the board. That's a big boost for your team. It, it erases a little bit of what happened earlier in the game. And then especially after Oklahoma's defense is for, able to force a punt, a three and out and Oklahoma gets the ball back. Now you get the ball back. You can drive down. You can tie the game 14 all early in the first quarter. That's a totally different ball game, right? Well, Oklahoma three plays into that drive. Spencer Rattler throws an interception. And it looked like on the play, there was a miscommunication on what route should be run. And we've seen a lot of that between Spencer Rattler and his receivers. And part of me wonders, now this is without knowing Lincoln Riley's playbook, without understanding exactly what he's trying to do. But if the, so a lot of times they'll run option routes. And the receiver and the quarterback have to be on the same page with what they're seeing. But if they see the same thing, the option route allows them, uh, for what it, lack of a better term, options. You know, against a, like a cover two defense, you know, you might run one route. If it's cover three, you might run another. If it's man to man, you might run a different one. So a lot of times, you know, a guy, especially like Austin Stockner, is given two routes he can run depending on what the coverage is that they see after the snap. Because what you see pre-snap isn't always what you see after the ball is in the quarterback's hands. So Stogner's running up. You know, there's a defender that's got inside leverage. The safety comes down. He's got inside leverage in that hook zone. And Rattler's expecting Stogner to run that, you know, five, you know, eight to 10 yard in route. Stogner instead looks like he's running kind of a corner route. And again, from the broadcast view, it looks like he's running against cover two. As you know, that you see the 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 safety in the hook zone, and you see the you also see the cornerback kind of coming underneath, and Stogner trying to run up behind it, and but Spencer Rattler he's looking to throw it on that end and throw it honestly right he threw it right to the defender, and it makes me wonder as I'm looking at that if Stogner didn't have the right read on that again if he if he has an option. If he doesn't have an option on this route, then he ran the wrong route, according to Spencer Rattler. Now, if he does have a right, have the option of which route to run, then Rattler threw the wrong ball because there's no reason that you need to throw your guy into the defender. That's going to be a really tough catch for Austin Stogner. It's going to be a really difficult throw because as soon as he lets go of the ball, that defender is going to be breaking on Stogner and he's going to hit him as soon as the ball gets there because he's right there. Instead, the ball goes right to the defender and then Texas goes three plays, touchdown, it's 21 to seven. And you're like, okay, here we go again. I mean, it's, it, it's much like at times last year where you know, Spencer Rattler just can't get out of his own way. You know, he, he's throwing balls that just don't need to be thrown. He's, he's turning it over. He's a little bit loose with it. And at the same time, he's, he doesn't look as comfortable in the pocket as we've seen him in the past. Uh, Oklahoma gets the ball back after the touchdown, three plays minus 10 yards uh, after being sacked again on third and 13, just, you know, Texas makes a great play Alfred Collins, you know, gets up the middle, I believe is just a, a bull rush up the middle and, and is able to take Rattler down. Um, it just, you know, the offense is just looking listless, uh, but then, you know, Spencer Rattler bounces, you know, after Texas goes up 28, seven, you know, the Oklahoma offense bounces back. Um, they're able to go, you know, three plays to get it fourth and one uh, just after the beginning of the second quarter. And Caleb Williams comes in. He's going to run a, you know, fourth and one quarterback draw. 
uh, quarterback power at least to try and pick up that first down and he picks up that first down and more as he scoots off for a 66 yard touchdown and had the place buzzing and it's 28 to 14 and then Oklahoma forces another punt the defense is playing decent right you know if, you, if they don't have the two turnovers you know the the punt block that gives Texas the ball on the two the interception that gives Texas the ball on the uh, uh, the Texas 49, basically at midfield, then the defense isn't playing as bad, but they're gifted some bad field position because of the punt block and the interception. Uh, but, you know, they get it to 28 to 17. Rattler leads them down the field for a field goal. And then Oklahoma forces another punt. Four plays, 22 yards, punt. And then as the Sooners are driving to try and go from 28-17 and get another, get some more points on the board, maybe go 28-24, at least 28-20. They get down to the Texas 44. It's first and 10. Spencer Rattler's pressured, doesn't really know what to do in the pocket, kind of runs into his own offensive lineman at one point. Then he gets tackled, fumbles the ball, and DeMarvion Overshone uh, recovers the ball at the Texas 44. Then they go five plays, 55 yards, and another score. It's 35 to 17. And that's when Lincoln Riley had seen enough. And it was an incredible kind of situation that, that the Oklahoma Sooners were in. They just couldn't get out of their own way, right? They looked like they were going to be driving at least for a field goal. They could have cut the lead to eight and make it a much different football game. Instead, the fumble... Texas responds with a a touchdown drive to make it 35, 17 and it's 18 point lead. And you're like, yep, Oklahoma is just not going to get out of their own way today. They're going to continue to turn the ball over and Lincoln Riley's nope, none of that. And we'll talk about the quarterback situation coming up in the next segment, because this was a decision that had to be made and it completely changed the complexion of this football game. First, let me talk to you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy football. If you're into fantasy football and you love prop bets, go to Prize Picks. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have ever even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of you can get up to $100 matched by using our promo code Locked On. You can pick two to five players and an over and under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries, so you can take the over on LeBron points combined with the under on Mahomes yards in the same entry, and you can win. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. And I want to spend a, a moment of time just thanking you so much for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms and so thankful that you take the time to listen to Locked On Sooners as the first thing you listen to every day. Now let's talk about the quarterback situation. Lincoln Riley makes a tough decision for the second year in a row in the Red River Showdown he benches his starting quarterback in favor of the backup. Now, last year was Tanner Mordecai, a guy that wasn't going to threaten Spencer Rattler for the job. 
Tanner Mort guy is having a great season at SMU. And who knows, maybe he would have had a great year for the, for the Oklahoma Sooners too. But he just wasn't that guy. He wasn't someone who was having uh, a ton of success when he came into the game. And, you know, not nearly as talented as a player as Caleb Williams is. Now, Caleb Williams comes in, first drive as, as the guy, uh, helps Oklahoma get down for a, a field goal. And this is after Texas scores a touchdown. And yeah, I mean, it's just three points, not great, but they get the points, confidence boost as Oklahoma heads into halftime. They go to halftime as 38-20. And at that point, you're thinking, well, it's going to take a miracle to come back. Caleb Williams provides that miracle. And Lincoln Riley had this decision to make, and he had to make this decision. It wasn't an, an easy one to run spent or to run Caleb Williams back out there at the beginning of the second half, but it was the right one because the team just looked different with Caleb Williams in there. The offense looked different. And we saw it in the second half. The Oklahoma Sooners, the Oklahoma Sooners scored 35 points in the second half to Texas's 10. They outscored them 35 to 10. And this Texas team wasn't letting up. They weren't playing prevent defense. They weren't just sitting back, letting Caleb Williams pick them apart underneath. They were sending pressure. They were playing tight coverage. They weren't just playing deep zone. And even though, you know, they started the the first or the second half off with a punt, after that punt, everything changed. The Oklahoma Sooners then scored on their next five drives to take the lead. They went field goal, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, touchdown over the next, you know, over the, over the span of this, the third, fourth quarter. And Caleb Williams looked fantastic doing it. Now he made some mistakes. There were a couple of throws that I'm sure he'd like back, but some of those deep throws were incredible um, on the move. And, and I think what's, what's fascinating about this is that he threw him up there and gave his receiver a chance to make a play on the football. That's something I feel like Spencer Rattler has been a real, a little bit reluctant to do at times this year, or if he's done it, it's, it's just not gone. Well, there's not been enough zip behind his ball. And you got to give big credit to Marvin Mims on two of those big receptions. One was the, the big sideline catch where his, his foot was barely in bounds but the other one was the one that was kind of down the middle of the field. And he you know, kind of fought off the defender and made the big catch. Um, but that's what you have to do. You got to give Marvin Mims an opportunity to make a big play. And both times Marvin Mims provided, I mean, he provided one, maybe one of the highlights of the year in that on that touchdown where he was barely in bounds, but he was in bounds. That was an absolutely phenomenal throw by Caleb Williams. I think I looked at, back at it and he, it traveled something like 55 yards in the air on the run and he made it look super easy. And I know on the show, I've said that it was going to be really hard for Lincoln Riley to go with Caleb Williams and to bench Spencer Rattler again. Cause I felt like once you, if you did it again, you had to go with Caleb Williams at that point, because you you've basically said you don't trust Spencer Rattler. And that's for good reason. Like Spencer Rattler played good football for you last year after the red river showdown but he hasn't looked like the same player this year. And we can speculate as to why that is. I mean, some of it is the talent around him. Although arguably like the wide receiver talent is better. The running back group is arguably better. Maybe the offensive line is a little bit shakier, 
But we saw the offensive line with Caleb Williams behind it. Yeah, he was getting pressured a little bit, but you saw a totally different player, someone who was capable of managing the pocket, manipulating the pocket a lot better, finding space, buying time, and he didn't look panicked. Like Spencer Rattler this year has just not looked comfortable under pressure, and he hasn't looked comfortable navigating a, a, a dirty pocket, for lack of a better term. Like when, when things are getting rough around him, Spencer Rattler hasn't looked like he knew what to do in a lot of, in a lot of situations. Now, I don't want to go on here and just completely lambaste Spencer Rattler. But for some reason, he just doesn't look like he's playing with the same level of confidence this year as he did last year. Like last year, after the Red River showdown, he was an efficient passer. He looked really good. He was still taking deep shots, but he was making plays. And he was a big part of why the Oklahoma Sooners were able to battle back and win the Big 12 title and win that game against Florida. And so, but there's something different. Like this year, they're either scheming him different. They've got enough tape on him where they can take certain things away or he just isn't throwing with the same confidence. And I think that's part of it is he's not seeing the defense well, and he's not making decisions. He just doesn't look decisive. He is holding on to it for a little bit too long. And when he is pressured, he's not finding good, good spots to step into, to make throws. I wrote about it over at Sooners wire, but now that you've seen Caleb Williams and you saw what the team looked like, when Caleb Williams stepped onto the field. And yes, it wasn't all Caleb Williams that won that game. Kennedy Brooks and the offensive line were fantastic. The defense played really, really well in the second half, obviously. I didn't think, I mean, you look back at it and you're like, okay, they didn't play terrible in the first half. Now they gave up a ton of big plays, but they were making stops in the first half. Oklahoma just kept giving them good field possession. But here's one thing that's, that Caleb Williams did that Spencer Rattler is incapable of doing. He threatens the defense with his running ability. And that threat alone helps to open up Kennedy Brooks in the running game. The running game has been a slog all year long. It just hasn't been able to break things consistently. Well, with Caleb Williams under center, or at least at the mesh point in that read option, Texas has to think about it. They've got to respect his running ability. And now scoring a 66-yard run, that's going to make make, uh, defenses respect you a little bit but that's going to open things up for everybody else. We saw it with Kyler. We saw it with Jalen. And in the meantime, while Caleb Williams is getting his feet wet, he's getting into the flow and the groove of the offense. You've got that in your back pocket. That's going to allow him to be a game changer and be an effective player. Even if he's not hundred percent ready to be a passer at the college football level, we saw enough from him though, that, that, indicates that he's ready to, to be that guy. He's ready to be the dude. And I don't see how Spence or how Lincoln Riley, now he's a highly paid, highly successful NCAA college football coach, one of the best coaches in college football. I don't know how he goes back to Rattler at this point because the team just looked different. You know, you as a, an analyst. And even as a coach, you look at your team, you're like, they just look like they have a different energy when Caleb Williams is on. And, and our guy, David Walker, you know, he talked about it uh, last week or two weeks ago, where it was like the guys, Caleb Williams is just a leader and he brings an energy and a humility and a likability to the field that maybe Spencer Rattler doesn't have. And I'm, that's not to say that his teammates don't like him, 
but is he somebody that is easy to follow if that makes sense um and again that that's like pure speculation like and probably shouldn't even say that but you know he he's the guy that just doesn't come off as likable as caleb williams does and that's a hard like that that shouldn't be in the decision and it won't be in the decision that lincoln riley makes now he's talked about how he has no he hasn't decided who's going to be the starter for tcu but i can't imagine that he goes back to to caleb williams now i've been wrong because i didn't think that he was going to bench spencer rattler again but i really think that at this point in time it's caleb williams team and you know it came a year earlier than expected but caleb williams earned the right to start he really did I mean, he was dynamic. He was effective. He was making plays in the passing game and in the running game. He did everything that you'd hoped he'd do in in one of the most hostile situations that you could think of. Like he came in for his first extended look against somebody other than Western Carolina and played in the Red River Showdown. On his first snap, he scores a 66-yard touchdown. His first drive, he leads them on a field goal drive. And then helps them outscore their rival 35 to 10 in the second half on the way to one of the greatest comebacks in Oklahoma history. How do you sit him down after that? I don't know. And so I think Caleb Williams will be the starter moving forward. What that means for Spencer Rattler probably means uh, a transfer is in his future, but a lot of that will depend on what Lincoln Riley decides to do with the quarterback situation this year. But it's, I mean, it's got to be Caleb Williams' team. This is no disrespect to Spencer Rattler. This is no disrespect to Lincoln Riley. But the team just looked different. They played a whole lot differently with Caleb Williams at quarterback. And maybe it's some of those intangibles. You know, somebody on social media likened him to Dak Prescott. And as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I can see it. Because Dak Prescott, you know, when he was at Mississippi State and even when he came into the NFL, he wasn't the best passer. But his running threat, his and and a lot of the intangibles were part of what made that Mississippi State team so successful and what made the Dallas Cowboys so successful early in his career before he became a fantastic passer that he is now. And so, yeah, I mean, it'll it'll still remain to be seen what Lincoln Riley decides to do at quarterback, but at at this point, I mean, I, you got to throw your vote behind Caleb Williams. And again, you know, Spencer Rattler came in and made a big play on the two-point conversion. Lincoln Riley made a point to, to mention that in his post-game presser. But for everything that Caleb Williams did in that game, I think you got to give him another shot this, this week against TCU. And if he goes out there and he lays an egg, then you can go back to Spencer Rattler. I mean, it's very much like the, you know, the Tua and Jalen Hurts thing from you know, several years ago now. It was an injury situation that, you know, uh, you know, Tua came in because Jalen wasn't playing well. Or, sorry, Tua won the starting job. Jalen hung in there. Tua got hurt. Jalen came in, won the game for him. So, you know, you got that guy in your back pocket that if Caleb Williams doesn't play well, then you've got Spencer Rattler that you can turn to as you continue to get Caleb ready for the next season. But, you know, it's going to be one of those situations where if, if one of the quarterbacks falters, then they're going to have to go back to the other guy but I don't know if Caleb Williams is going to give the job back. I think he's just too talented. Our guy, Parker Thune, he, he warned us about it last year on the podcast. He said, you know, Caleb Williams isn't coming in just to sit. He's going to play. And if he gets a chance to start, he's not giving the job back. He said it time and time again. And, you know, I, I was a bit skeptical to it, but I mean, Parker's seen the guy and 
yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of where we're at with Oklahoma football right now. This is, this is a team that they need a spark, if that makes sense. And Caleb Williams provided it. But coming up next, let's talk about the defensive effort real quick. Uh, before we do that, let me talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's 100% covered in chocolate, tastes great, and it is great for you. It's got 17 or 18 grams of protein, anywhere from 130 to 180 calories, and they come in some fantastic flavors. My personal favorite is that peanut butter brownie. But if you haven't tried Built Bar, I highly recommend getting a mixed box where you can get two of each of the nine flavors and you can figure out which flavor you like the best. They're always coming out with specialty options. Like recently, they had the cookie dough chunk. A while back, they had the brownie. Uh, brownie coconut coconut brownie chunk but it's one of those things i eat almost every single day it gives me all the energy i need to get through my work day get through the first part of my day playing with my kids if i'm off i mean i, I it gives you everything you need and it is great tasting and great for you so go to builtbar.com or built.com sorry use promo code locks15 you'll get 15% off your next order over at built.com and hey, if you haven't checked out the Locked On Big 12 podcast with our guy, Josh Neighbors, make sure you go listen to it. You can follow it on YouTube and anywhere else you get your, your podcast. It's free and available on all platforms. But hey, once you make Locked On Sooners your first listen, make Locked On Big 12 your next listen of the day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And hey, if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, highly recommend the Locked On Cowboys podcast as well. That's one of my favorite shows. I listen to it every single day with Marcus Mosier and Landon McCool. It is a great listen. Love those guys. Been listening to them for years. Even before I jumped on here on the Lockdown Seniors podcast, those guys were part of my first listen every single day. Did not miss a show and still don't miss a show. So make sure you go check that out as well. But let's talk about this defensive effort because as much as it looks like it was a tale of two halves, I mean, this defense was making some stops in the first half. So we talked about it a little bit, but you know, they were gifted or the Texas offense was gifted the ball on the two yard line after the block punt, they were gifted the ball on their 49 yard line. So basically midfield, they only had to drive 50 yards for the touchdown. Then they were given the ball after the fumble on their 44 yard line. So basically midfield and they scored a touchdown. So three touchdowns, and one was at the two yard line. One was at, you know, Texas started the drive at their own 49 and then they started the drive at their own 44. Other than that, there was only, I mean, that first play was absolutely ridiculous. That was a bad defensive effort, terrible tackling. You know, they go one play 75 yards, but other than that, you know, they had one, one drive that was 80 yards for a touchdown that made it 28 to seven, but they, they rarely had to drive the field. On, on and when they did, they only got one touchdown. Like when they had to go more than you know 55 yards for a score, they only got one one touchdown. Oklahoma otherwise they forced a they forced a field goal. And yeah, I mean that, that's just the first half. And you know, that's probably like just looking for moral victories a little bit, but with the the field position that your offense was giving you as a defense. I mean, yeah, it's to be expected you're going to give up a bunch of points. Now, you, obviously, you like a little bit better defense, and they got it in the second half. They only gave up 10 points in the second half, three in the third quarter and seven in the fourth. But, the, yeah, the defense just turned it up, man. They were fantastic. They forced, they forced three punts. 
Texas turned it over on downs late in the fourth quarter after Oklahoma made it 48 to 41. Um, and they were getting more pressure on Casey Thompson. They were tackling much better on Bajan Robinson. They, they just did what they needed to do and they stepped up when they had to step up. And it helps when you see your, your offense scoring because it gives you life. You're like, Hey, they scored another one. Let's go out there and get us a stop. And you know, they, they just played better. They just played better. I mean, everybody to a man played much, much better. The, the cornerbacks were much more competitive. The linebackers looked like they were finally getting, getting, making plays. Now, Texas was running a lot of wide stuff early in the game, whether it was Bajon Robinson or Xavier Worthy. They were, they were getting things out wide to kind of get away from the, the Texas or the Oklahoma front. They, did, they wanted to get away from Perry on Winfrey and Nick Bonito and Isaiah Coe and Isaiah Thomas. They wanted to get away from those guys deserve you know rightfully so reggie grimes ethan downs they had to because those guys were going to just maul them up up front now Bajan robinson had a fantastic game and he made things really really difficult on the interior but when they started kind of getting things going toward the middle oklahoma was able to run and tackle a whole lot better than when they were trying to when they were exploiting the outside with the bubble screens or with the wide zone runs but kudos to the defense. I mean, this thing got out of hand really quick in the first half. They gave up 38 points, which is ridiculous. As I'm thinking about it, like that's the most points they've given. They've given up. They hadn't given up that many points in a game this year, but they gave up 38 in the first half. But they really buckled down, man. And credit to Alex Grinch and, and the defensive staff for getting those guys and get, keeping them engaged, keeping their confidence high, and, and having them ready to go out there and make plays to help the team win. Because it would have been real easy for them to let their, you know, lay their head low and just try and, you know, work through it and, and not try and fight back. But they were every bit as important to that second half comeback as the offense was. And so we got to give them kudos. We got to give them some credit there. And I mean, we got so much more to cover on this game. It's, it's not going to be enough here in this, in this show, but I mean, we'll continue talking about the quarterback situation on tomorrow's show. We'll talk more about who else stood out in this game because there was a lot of fantastic performances on both sides of the football. But, man, Oklahoma comes away with a big 55-48 win, one of the greatest games, football games at any level that I've ever seen. Just so many ups and downs and emotions. It was a roller coaster ride and just great drama, just fantastic drama. Like that was a five-star award-winning movie if it was a cinema, because it was that fantastic. So we'll come back tomorrow. We'll watch more or we'll, we'll talk more about Oklahoma's win over Texas on Tuesday's episode. We'll talk about three stars of the game, more takeaways, who else stood out in this game and provide you some more thoughts on Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler, because there's so much more to break down and so many more things to talk about with this game, but we'll do it tomorrow on the Locked On Sooners podcast. Again, thank you so much for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, my name is John Williams. Follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. And until tomorrow, Boomer Sooner.